Well, just wanted to, to let you know that this is my daughter, Emma, and uh, Emma and some of, the, some of the young people that she goes to college with, they are leaving on a mission trip this week, going to the Dominican Republic, to an orphanage there, to minister to the orphans, to share the gospel, to encourage people there. And so I just want you to, to be praying for her. Uh, I'm a little partial to her, obviously, because she belongs to me. But just praying for her and praying for the group that they will, uh, it'll be fruitful, it'll be an incredible, encouraging time while they're there. Obviously, uh, that they'll be safe, that they'll get there, they'll get, they'll get back home uh, safely as well. So we're just going to pray for Emma, if you just pray with me. So Lord, we thank you for just her heart to, to serve, uh, to serve others, to bless people to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, Lord, we know that, Lord, you're already there in the DR, and, and just groups like this can come and, and enhance your flavor, Jesus, like for people to just see you more and to experience you more in a greater measure. But I also know it's going to increase Emma's faith. It's going to challenge her. It's going to help her see the world differently. Uh, than she has before and so we just pray that you would uh, change her from the inside out while she's there as she impacts others uh, for the gospel we thank you for that in Jesus name amen amen awesome thank you bless you so hey bible school vacation bible school we're kind of wimps around here we do a one day bible school because we just know how grueling bible school can be but we also know how we can impact the community in three hours on a August 6th, a Sunday afternoon, we're going to be meeting at the uh, YMCA here in town, the Platte County Community Center. And so if you have little ones between pre-K and fifth grade and you haven't registered them yet, go to our webpage. It is bold right there to how to get registered for Bible school. And if you think, hey, I haven't registered, but I'd love to help, I'd love to serve in some capacity, then my, your responsibility then is to see my beautiful wife right there. Wave your hand, Trish, the princess wave, all right? You see my wife, and she will help you get set up for that. But it's one day, it's, it's called Pets Unleashed. We're going to have a lady and her dog. They're going to teach some lessons about being kind and about sharing while we're there, and we're going to share the gospel with the kids. We'll be, there'll be music. It'll be fun. But before that happens, we need your socks. So I need you to take your socks off right now. No, just kidding. I actually saw a video online last week of a worship leader had everybody take off their socks and spin them around. Would that not be awkward? That would be the last time you would come to church. Because think about the smell just alone. Like just waving. Some of you didn't even wear socks, all right? So you don't have to worry about that. But just spinning socks around. But we don't need you to do that. But we need you to bring your socks, new socks, uh, big ones so we can use them. We're going to make little non-so, no-so pets out of them for the kids to take home with them. So there's a container outside, so drop your socks off. We've got a few weeks to do that. I love your help. And then last little announcement before we get into the message is men. If you are a man, if you are a man and you're listening to my voice, and that means you're old enough to drive yourself to this place, tonight, tonight we're going to kick off our very first what they call a fireside chat. Now, I don't know if there'll actually be a fire there or not because it's going to be warm enough. We don't, may not need a fire. But what it is, it's an opportunity for some men to get together in a safe place where we can just have some fellowship with one another and we can answer the question, hey, what is God doing in your life right now? And, just, and you can have a place, a safe place to share that. 
I, I personally love those moments. We have, I have those moments just on Sunday mornings before we, church starts. We, some men get together to pray, and we just, just be real with one another. And I know that freaks some guys out. We get scared, like, I don't know if I want to be real vulnerable. I want to share really what's going on. But let me just tell you, there's nothing like being able to just, just give some of that stuff away to some other brothers to help you carry it. All right, so that's tonight. That is going to be at 118 Broken Bridge here in Platte City. Fred, where are you at? Raise your hand, Fred. Everybody look around. There. Fred's behind some of you, in front of some of you. Fred has, Fred has an incredible backyard. Like, it is like the backyards of all backyards. It is beautiful. And one day I was there having coffee with him, and he was saying, you know, I've been thinking about, like, I have this beautiful backyard. How can I use it to bless others? And so is it 7.30? 730, 118 Broken Bridge, right here in Platte City. Beautiful home, beautiful yard. And it's just really an opportunity for men to gather. I think we're going to start doing it a couple times a month, and we'll announce it. We'll talk more about it. But if you, if you say, you know what, that sounds scary, but I probably really need that in my life, I encourage you to come. Young men, older men, I think it's great to have both because we got some wisdom going on. we got some energy of the, the young and the wisdom of the old, and I think those things blend together well. If you, uh, if you want to be a part of that, please, please check that out. Sounds good? Awesome. All the announcements are over. Let's jump in. Over the last few weeks, we've been walking through this, this journey, this, this series of learning what it is that Jesus was talking about in Matthew 25 when he was saying, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty you gave me a drink when I was a stranger you invited me in and today we're going to look about when I needed clothes you clothed me and Jesus says whatever you've done to the least of these brothers of mine you've done them unto me and so we've looked at ways we can get involved right here in our community if you're new to our church this is your first time here the reason why we have community in our name because that is our desire is to impact this community and I know that's every church's desire, right? Every church's desire is to impact their community. And we talked about how the church, the local church, is the hope of the world. It is the hope of this world that we live in, in our little area, right, in our little zip code. And we want to have that community impact. So we partner with ministries. You know, one of the blessings about being in this school is we don't have a huge overhead. We don't put a lot of money into a building. We can put a lot of money into building other things. And we believe that that's the reason why God's placed us here. And so we looked at a ministry called Treasure Chest with the Platte County School District. We partner, listen, the church partners with the school to do ministry. Isn't that awesome? That's kind of covert and exciting. I like how that, it's just amazing how that works out. Yeah, I get an amen. Brady's always good for an amen. The rest of you guys need to pick it up a little bit, all right? Just work on that. Thank you, thank you. Um, then we talked about the following week, Bloodwater Missions. It's a mission that actually builds wells in Africa. We gave you uh, the webpage. We gave you some information. I think it's all on the back of your bulletin, too, of ways that you can plug in and, and discover the calling that God has for your life. It might be through giving to these ministries and serving these ministries. Last week, Hillcrest came, Hillcrest Transitional Housing, and they shared a testimony. Audra talked about how she was homeless and helpless, and Hillcrest came alongside her and encouraged her, and she got back on her feet. And she had got a place to live and a job, and, and we, she's got a hand up, not a hand out. And they shared about how their ministry here in Platte County is impacting others. Today, today I invited 
Mary Jo Vernon, she's the, she's the director of the Platte County Health Department who is sold out born again believer in Jesus. It is awesome. Now the government and the church are working together. It's getting crazy here in Platte County. It's crazy. Well, she had a death in her family and she wasn't able to make it today. We'll eventually have her come before the day of hope arrives. But the day of hope is, a, is one day where people come from, from the Platte County area, from the school districts that Platte County represents, where they can get, they can get a coat, a brand new coat. They can get brand new stocking cap, brand new gloves. They can get brand new socks and underwear for their children. They can get a box of food. They can get all kinds of other resources. Listen, this is the, uh, this is the mission statement for the Day of Hope. The Day of Hope is established through the combined efforts of local organizations and churches to provide genuine aid and long-lasting hope to people in need. And that all, this all got started with her dream, and she brought that dream to a pastor in our community, and it was, it was born, and it's, it's, it has grown ever since. And it's hosted out at the Rock of KC here in Kansas City, and they, uh, they open up their church, they just fill it full of people, and volunteers are needed, and you'll hear all kinds of more stuff about that. On the back of your bulletin as well, there's the dayofhope.org, where you get, the, um, you get the opportunity to find out more information about how you can get involved and how we can give. And I wanted her to come and talk because of the clothing piece about how when someone is cold, a brand new coat is exactly what they need, and how we can be a part of giving them that. But we don't just give them a coat, we give them a coat in the name of Jesus and we give him the gospel and it's been the impact has been pretty phenomenal do you believe that God has a wardrobe picked out for you we're talking about clothing a little bit today every wedding that I do right at the end of the wedding so it's about, I'm about ready to pronounce them husband and wife, and I get to the place where I say, you obviously chose what you were going to wear today. You picked out the dress. I mean, the, you said yes to the dress. You, you say yes to the, to the tuxedo or the, or the ties and the vests and the pants, and, and you picked out the clothing you were going to wear for your wedding day. But I said, you know, God has a wardrobe picked out for your marriage, too. Like, he has things that he wants you to wear. He wants you to be clothed in for your marriage. So that's going to take us to our first passage of Scripture today. Look at the book of Colossians, the New Testament, Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to look at some things that God wants us to, to wear. And, and this, is the, this is the premise. When we put on these things, these, these, this clothing, this attire, once we are dressed and ready, then we, are, then we go do this ministry that we've been talking about. Once we're dressed and ready, then we can go feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty. We can invite strangers in and give them a place to stay. And we can help other people find the basic necessities of life. But we have to be clothed first. We have to have our own, we have to be dressed and ready to go. Have you ever been on an airplane where they say, um, 
If you're traveling with a little one and the oxygen mask falls, make sure you put the oxygen mask on yourself first and then put it on the little one. You know, most of the time when I ask someone that question, like what order that should go in, a lot of times they think, oh, I got to put the one on my child first. Well, no, you're not going to be anything, you're not going to be any good to them if you can't breathe. You've got to be able to breathe first. So this is a sense of you being clothed first in order then you'd be able to help other people find the clothing. Does that make sense? Okay, that's kind of this idea. So look at Colossians chapter 3. We're going to look at starting at verse number 11. So in this context, in this, this letter that he's writing, he says, in this place, he goes, here there is not Greek and Jew circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. So it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, this is all for you. Like this is a, this is a wardrobe that fits every. It's a one-size-fits-all wardrobe. So he says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, Here's the things that you wear. Like, just think about items of clothing that you put on today. Put on compassionate hearts. Obviously, it's necessary that we have compassionate hearts. You got to wear kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. If you're gonna if you're gonna reach out and help others, you're gonna need some patience. If you're gonna be in any kind of a relationship at all, you're gonna need some patience. It's just something that you have to wear. If you're going to enter into that. Then it says bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another. Forgiving each other as the Lord is forgiving you. You must also forgive. Can you imagine me sharing that with a husband and a wife right on their wedding day? Like you're going to need to learn how to forgive. Yes. If you don't know how to forgive well, you're in trouble. <laughs> and as a church, if we, don't need, if we don't know how to forgive one another, we're going to be in trouble. Because there's going to be times where we offend each other. We're going to hurt each other's feelings. Not maybe on purpose, or maybe on purpose, I don't know. Hopefully not. But we're going to need to learn how to forgive. And above all, it says, and I say this is like this like all-purpose garment that everyone must have in their wardrobe. On all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Hopefully, that's a little bit of what you get when you attend church, just some teaching, a little bit of admonishing, kind of warning in love, kind of just encouragement through the word, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, this is, this is good. This is going to go into this next piece. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So whatever it is that we're doing, whatever he calls us to do, do it in the name of Jesus. So we must get dressed first in order then to be able to help other people get dressed. Does that make sense? Right, so we must have that first. How are we going to give something away that we don't even possess? So we must first learn to be dressed in that. So now turn a little bit further back in the New Testament to the book of James. James 
chapter 4. No, I'm sorry, not James 4. James 2, verse 14. I saw that 4. So James chapter 2. So we get dressed, we clothe ourselves, we get, we get our mind right, we get our attitudes right, we, we take on this love, we, we develop this faith that God has placed in us, and we put our hope and our trust in Jesus, and then we say, all right, so God, I've been given this gift, I've been clothed, now I'm ready, I'm ready to go to work. And listen to what it says in James chapter 2, starting in verse 14. What good is it, my brothers... If someone says he has faith, but does not have works, can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it's dead. And so we can say, oh yes, I'm clothed with these things, I put on kindness and compassion, and, and I'm ready to do all these things in the name of the Lord, and I have this great faith, but if there's no action that goes along with it, it says that your faith is dead. Now, I am not preaching justification or salvation through your works you do not hear me say that today because I believe we're saved by grace through faith right through faith in Jesus Jesus has already done everything necessary and when I put my hope in him he clothes me in this righteousness that only comes from him I can only get it from Jesus from what he has done I can't get it on my own but man once I get it once I realize it and once I have it that's our motivation, right? That's the thing we flow out of. And it says you can say you have faith, but there's no fruit to your faith. He says it's dead. And we're going we're gonna to dig a little bit deeper into this. Let's look at Luke chapter 3. Now, obviously, James knew, <laughs> knew that John had already taught this, and he had already, obviously, been exposed to this. Um, so James was kind of out of the overflow of what he's already learned. But look what, what, look what John the Baptist was teaching in Luke chapter 3. So John the Baptist was, the, was like the forerunner. He came before Jesus. He was like setting the stage for Jesus to come. And John was preaching, he was preaching this message of, of change and of repentance and of turning and, and walking a different direction. He was, he was actually preaching a message saying, it's not about your heritage. Your heritage doesn't save you. It's your faith in Jesus that saves you. It doesn't matter your position in the community. It doesn't matter who your family is. It doesn't matter any of those things. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what you do. It's about what Christ has done for you. And he's preaching this message of repentance to these people. So look in Luke chapter 3, verse, starting in verse 7. 
These people had come to be baptized, to repent of their, of their sin, of their transgressions, of, the, of their wrong thoughts, of their wrong actions, their wrong ways of living. And they, they wanted to, to make a change. And they came to him and he said to them in verse 7, he said, Therefore to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, he challenges them a little bit. He, calls, he says, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? tells him to bear fruits in keeping with repentance and do not begin to say to yourselves that we don't need this we don't need this repentance we don't need this because we're Abraham's children he's our father and John's saying it it doesn't matter like there's there's a new way to live (laughs) and it's coming and his name is Jesus and he's going to baptize you with fire and it's going to be different there's a new way to live. But he says, bear fruits in keeping with repentance. All right, so what does that look like? What does that fruit look like? We'll get to that in just a minute. He says, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from him, John said, that these stones, from these stones, he can raise up children for Abraham. Even now, it says, the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds ask him, listen to this question, they ask him, what then shall we do? What is required? If I'm going to repent, if I'm going to get baptized, what is the overflow of that? What does it look like in my life? How is my life supposed to change as a result of this? Because there should be a change. And this is what he said to them. He said, whoever has two tunics... Or two coats is to share with him who has none. And whoever has food is to do likewise. And then he got kind of specific to the crowd. Like he, he kind of read the crowd, he knew who was there, and he, and he kind of gave them specific things that they should do as a result of this newfound faith. And he talked to the tax collectors and he talked to the soldiers. But in this question, what then shall we do? We find he gives them a very basic instruction. And it's a very basic instruction for you and me. If we have two, then give away one. If we have enough, make sure those around you who don't have enough have what they need. If we have food, let us feed them. And I don't know how many of you come in contact with people on a weekly or a daily or a weekly basis that might fit into this category. Maybe not as much in our culture or in our community as Emma will in the Dominican Republic. But listen, they're here. They're right here in this community. Now, I obviously get probably more opportunity just because of just sheer position, just being a pastor and being available. The other day, I got a phone call from a guy, and he said, hey, this is embarrassing, it's humbling, it's hard for me to even ask this question, but I, I just, we're just struggling, I can't, I just, I need some help. 
Okay, so what, what are your, do you need a tunic? <laughs> do you need some food? Uh, I need some gas in my car. Right now we're staying at the, a local motel, so he has no place to live. And most of everything that he owns is in the back seat of a four-door car. Right here in Platte County. And this man works a, a job, a regular job. Just trying to catch up, trying to make enough. And so at least for a while, I gave him what he needed, but it was just a Band-Aid, really, <laughs> because he's got so many other needs. And so I tried to connect him with the uh, blessings part of the Hillcrest ministry. Hopefully they'll be able to get him some sustained housing and, and uh And listen, this, this man, he hasn't done anything for me. He hasn't done anything for the church. He hasn't done anything to deserve any of those gifts. He's probably done a lot of things to deserve the, the situation he's in, right? And that could be really easy to go there. It could be really easy for me to point out all of his faults and his failures and all the things that he's done wrong in the past. But you know what I did do? I obviously didn't do that. But I did ask him, I said, hey, sir, I said, have you, do you know the Lord Jesus? Do you know the Lord Jesus? He had this look on his face. He said, you know, that just really wasn't a part of our life growing up. My, my dad worked all the time. He never took us to church and just really wasn't in my I wasn't blessed. I wasn't blessed with the family. I saw family coming today with their kids. They weren't blessed to have parents who see that as a value and want to teach that to their children and pass that legacy on, which is, by the way, one of the greatest ways to spread the gospel is you teach it to your kids to teach it to their kids, right? It's the best, one of the best ways to spread the gospel. He didn't have that. And I said, um, well, of course, I invited him to church. I don't know if he's here or not. I won't point him out even if he is. And then I said, uh, hey, can I pray for you? And my guess is, is that man had never had anyone ever touch him and pray out loud for him. Because the look on his face after I was done, it was better than the gas that I put in his car. It was better than the Maria's Mexican food that I sent him back to the hotel with. It was just better because I think it connected with his soul. Now, I don't know where that'll lead to or if, but my hope is, is that will be, that'll at least be the beginning step. It'll be at least the, the first step for him. And the reason why I share that story with you is because we can all do that. We can all do that at least at some capacity. At the very least, say, hey, can I pray for you? Can I encourage you today? Can I, what, do you, what do you need that I can help you with today? Like I, don't, I might not have a lot of extra, but I have enough to where I can help you take the next step. And these people ask, what shall we do? And he said, here's just a basic thing. As unto Christ, give him a coat to wear and food to eat. 
So as I was doing, um, just doing some study and some research about this passage of Scripture, I found this sermon written by just some obscure pastor somewhere, something that got published, so it must have been decent enough to, well, I don't even know if it makes it onto the internet, if it's really, you know, it doesn't mean it's always that great, but, but, but I was reading these words, and it really started to, to kind of impact me when it comes to this idea of us being in a place, being clothed to be able to help others, and listen to the, his interpretation of Luke 3, 7 through 11. And these are this, this, this pastor's words. He says, you need to be washed, entirely washed, because we're all defiled. <laughs> we're all sinners. Against God to such a degree that we must not only be washed and purified, but we must be pardoned before we can take our places in the kingdom of the Messiah. Like all of us have to come to a place of this repentance. All of us have to come to a place where we say, God, I'm wrong, you're right. Wash me and make me clean. Clothe me in righteousness. It was this proclamation that, that the writer, that, or that John was making to all of his contemporaries that one thing needed to happen in order for the situation to get better. The one thing that needed to happen before you could reform the world, he says you must reform yourself. Self-reformation. Revival within a circle that's drawn around you must happen first, right? That revival has to happen first. Reformation beginning at home in one's own bosom by the grace of God is the most important thing that must happen in order for the world to be changed. Does that make sense? Like if you want the people around you to get it, you must get it first. You must be clean in order to teach other people to be clean. You must know how to feed yourself in order to feed someone else. You must put on the oxygen mask first. Listen, I am preaching to your pastor right now because I've been challenged all week long. I must be clean first in order for me to help those that sit here to listen be clean. He says repentance has been well defined as is the taking of God's side. Okay, it's God's side against ourselves. And this was the spirit of John's reformation, his repentance. Taking, God, I choose your side over me. Like, for most of the time, though, we choose us, right? We choose ourselves. We pick ourselves first. It's just easier that way. Less demanding that way. It was a call to arms, but not against our neighbors, but as a call to arms against ourselves, And this is where every true reformer must begin. If the church is going to be the local 
church that's the hope of the world, we have to begin with ourselves. We have to begin right here where we're at in the seat that you're sitting in. It says we must all reform ourselves first by the grace of God or we shall be quite unequal to the task of reforming the world. The common people ask the question, what should we do? And he tells them, I love this picture. He tells them to be brotherly. He tells them to be giving instead of grasping. That's, that's how we're supposed to walk into this place with this sense of giving. Like, I want to give. Like, well, I'm here today. How can I give? How can I bless you? How can I help you? And in the, when, in the sense of doing that, then your needs get met too. Because it's until we empty our hands that's got to be the first step, right? Until God will be able to put something in them. <laughs> he that had a second coat or meet the spare would do well to impart to a needy brother. Right, and this is the line that captured my heart. I want you to hear this. this. Do you have that picture? Dave, is there? Oh, there it is. Boom. You guys, have you, anybody seen this picture this week? You know what it's from? There's a family, some young people that were, they were that sucked in to a riptide. It was taking them out. And one by one by one, people joined together to rescue them. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the picture of the church. And here's what it says. Cooperation in the battle of life is our first duty. Is life a battle? <laughs> Some of you young people don't know it yet because you haven't lived long enough. Just ask your parents. Maintaining peace in your own home? Is it a battle? <laughs> Going to work? Dealing with all the different just phenomenal relationships that are going on there, all the different dynamics that are happening there. Just dealing with everyday life. Three cars in one week in our home. Something's wrong with them. Three. Life's a battle. <laughs> but cooperation in the battle of life is our first duty. When we join arm in arm, hand in hand, we can accomplish so much more together than we could on our own, right? What if one person said, I'll just do it myself. We'll just leave it up to the pastor. We'll just leave it up to Brady. That's his job. That's what he does. He can help all the people that, come in, that he comes in contact with. I'll send them to, to him. But this is a beautiful picture. When people join together to rescue those who are dying. So the repentance piece is our vertical cooperation with God. We must learn to cooperate with him first. And then once we do that, then we're able to reach out and help others. And that becomes the horizontal piece. And you hear me speak of it a lot, looking at the cross, the vertical and the horizontal 
But in order for us to really truly be clothed and prepared to do that, we must first be willing to reform ourselves. And so I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And I want to I want to challenge you like like John challenged them that day. Keep with repentance that bears fruit. I'm going to challenge you. It's not a very popular notion, but I'm going to challenge you to repent today. Maybe right where you're at. That's the easiest level of repentance, right where you're at. <laughs> but you know, those people came out to where John was. They came out to where he was at. And they had to go through an act of repentance. They had to, of course, they had water and they were baptized. We don't have any water. <laughs> but I would encourage you to um, just do some inventory on the inside today. What attitudes, what uh, maybe actions, maybe there's some things that you've, that you've just done recently. You're like, I know it was wrong. I know. I know I need to, I need to bring that before the Lord. I need that vertical cooperation first. And listen, every Sunday morning, we, we open up the altar and, and sometimes people come. I'll be honest with you. Not enough people come. Not enough. I was telling some guys today before the service uh, that uh, every time that I have a message that I'm going to preach, God, God almost inevitably gives me the opportunity to practice it at home. <laughs> so last night I had to practice some repentance with my family had to tell my girls I'm sorry for sometimes giving my time to others more than I give to them you know dads have you ever had to repent because you didn't listen because you have all the answers Listen, every single one of us have something that we've carried in here today that I promise you, God doesn't want you to take it out of here with you because it's not good. <laughs> it's not healthy for you. So the real opportunity is, is to, to repent. Now there's power in doing it with him, but there's real power in coming and bringing it before him. Maybe even saying, I just want someone to pray with me. So if you're, if you're here this morning, you say, you know what? I would be willing to pray with someone else. I want to walk with them through that. Maybe even, even pray with, they can pray for you. <laughs> if that's you this morning, you say, I just want to pray with, I'll be willing to pray. Why don't you come up here? We didn't, have any, we didn't get special training for this. But if you're a follower of Jesus and you, you can pray, all right, then I invite you to come. I know Brady, Brady will come. Yeah. I know my wife will pray with you. Some of you have that gift. Some of you 
are just, you have a gift of intercession and, and you can pray for other people. So don't make it awkward for them just standing here by themselves. Come up. <laughs> you know, this is, this is your time. This is, and the fruit that'll come out of this, I don't even know what it'll look like, but I know it's going to be good. I know it's going to be beautiful, the things that will grow out of this repentance. Maybe it means you need to go give a coat to someone else or it's from food to the hungry. Maybe you need to get involved in these other ministries. Maybe today you need to repent and give your heart to Jesus for the first time because you've never done that. And you need to clothe yourself in his love. Today's that day. So as we worship, come. Come and pray.